This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Sergeant Arms, can you please come in? Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the big political stories of the week. My name is Mike Siluma. And my guests this week are Sbonga Gwonke Shoba, who's the Sunday Times politics editor, and Siwe Makinana, who's a political correspondent based in Cape Town, and as well as uh, political journalist uh, Mawande Amashabalal. For this week, uh, for the first segment of our conversation, we are also being joined by Andre Gaum, who is a commissioner at the Human Rights Commission. This week on Politics Weekly, we start in Cape Town again, uh, where clashes happened between members of the EFF and some parents of uh, Brackenfell High School over a racially exclusive metric year and party, apparently. Uh, we'll also be talking about the case of ANC Secretary General Ace Makashule, who's been charged with corruption. This is a case that will have major political implications, not just for the ANC, but also for the country. Uh, but first, let's go to Cape Town. Brackenfell High School in the Western Cape is a talking point across the country as scores of South Africans weigh in on a confrontation which took place outside the school on Monday. EFF supporters demonstrated outside the school after it emerged that parents had organized an unofficial private matric ball, which was attended exclusively by white pupils and two teachers. The school had cancelled the official event due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking during his visit to Breckenville High, Premier Alan Winder said the following. Um, obviously what we've been uh, seeing, what's been happening over the last few days, uh, the Minister and I just had a meeting with the uh, school principal as well as the governing body chair. Uh, I've also had engagement with the police commissioner uh, last night um, and of course the police that's in charge here at the moment. Uh, obviously, they have set up some uh, pretty strict protocols on, on perimeter management. And of course, at the end of the day, for me, we have to allow the learners to complete the year. Specifically, the metrics, they need to be able to do it safely. Uh, these kind of disruptions are not acceptable when metrics are, have had a really disruptive year as it is. COVID-19 has put so much pressure on anybody trying to finish their final exams. And so uh, my message as well is that uh, to the EFF, uh, you, you may not come and disrupt, uh, uh, disrupt this, uh, this community. Uh, you need to stay out. Uh, we need to keep the politics away from, from this school right now. And we need to give the, learner every, the learners every single opportunity for them to complete their year. In a statement from the EFF, the following was said. The Economic Freedom Fighters, the EFF, condemns the attacks conducted by armed white racists against EFF members who held a peaceful protest outside Breckenfell High School in Cape Town. Armed right-wingers attacked EFF members, undermining their constitutional right to protest and assaulting them physically. Gunshots were fired, police officers were manhandled. This was all done in defense of racism, as the learners and parents of the school held an only white matriculant party, which the principal of the school and two teachers attended. These terror attacks will not go unanswered, the EFF will descend on Breckenfell in its entirety and ensure that nothing operates. 
ex-pupil from Brackenfell High School, shared his views when he said the following. High and um, my brother also studied here. My nephew and my niece are studying there at the moment. We have never experienced any uh, form of racism at the school. Um, we are actually quite sad that um, somebody decided to go and publish lies uh, about the school. So as an ex-black student myself, I tend to show my support for the school. In a separate statement, President Siramaposa has called for restraint in Breckenfell. At this moment, important and difficult time for matriculants, not only at Breckenfell High School, but around the country, the spectacle of parents and protesters coming to blows at the school gate is deeply unfortunate. It is the right of every South African to engage in peaceful protest, and any actions to suppress the right to freedom of expression, particularly through violence and intimidation, must be roundly condemned. Allegations of racism leveled against the school need to be urgently investigated. We should be ever mindful of the extent to which our actions, both publicly and in private, undermine the cherished principle of non-racialism upon which our democracy was founded. The President has called on all parties concerned to exercise restraint and to resolve their differences peacefully and through dialogue. For Multimedia Live, I'm Amina Deka Asna. Sound collected by Essa Alexander. You, you, you follow politics a lot in the country. What does this conflict tell us about race relations in, 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 in that school, but also in society generally? Um, it, it tells you that we, as a country, we have, um, we have so far failed to deal with, um, with, 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 with the racial tension that has been there since 1994. And people who know Cape Town very well, um, they know the area around that school that it used to be an exclusively white area. And then um, as time went by, um, um, uh, other races uh, started moving in. But there is, it's a well-known fact from people who live in Cape Town uh, about the racial tension that has been there. And, 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 and it, it, it says a lot about the, the leadership that we have. If you look at the, at the response to this incident, and um, uh, we you saw the the response from the from the MEC of Education in the Western Cape saying that what's wrong with with having a, 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 a white only private party? Uh, it, it tells you that we we are very far uh, as a country with a leadership like that. We are very far as a country mm. from from resolving such issues. We 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 supposed to get a leadership that unites us. The leadership that comes in. And, and 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 give us a, a, a way forward on how to deal with the issues. But it seems the responses that we've been getting so far have just been um, taking us a few steps back. Mm. Uh, Andragam, I'd, I'd like for you to come in here. Uh, you you are a commissioner at the Human Rights Commission, uh, and 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 uh, is raising the 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 question of you know he is repeating the question that was uh, that he's alluding to the to the question that was raised by the MEC for education you know in in the western cape who's who who's asking what is wrong with having a racially exclusive social can if at what point does it become unacceptable to have a racially exclusive social gathering you know, let me maybe start by saying that the South African Human Rights Commission has opened uh, an own initiative investigation 
both into the allegations of unfair discrimination pertaining to this, this function, the matric function that took place, which is claimed to be a racially segregated private event, as well as uh, pertaining to the violence that occurred outside uh, the school. Now, I think uh, that uh, we're still in the early ages of this investigation, at the early stage, should I rather say, and we will make sure that we get to the bottom of the facts here involved. Uh, some of the questions are obviously, how was this event organized? What did the invitations look like? Who were invited and who not and why? Um, there's the allegation that two teachers attended the, the event. We need to look into that. We also need to have uh, conversations with uh, learners, educators, uh, our officials have already visited the school on Tuesday and had discussions with the, the principal and the chairperson of the school governing body, in which we also conveyed uh, that uh, there might be a necessity for some sensitivity and diversity training at the school. Uh, and the chair of the school governing body uh, said that the governing body will indeed consider, consider that. But um, yes, to come back to your question, um, the, I think the, the main issue here is, you know, to what extent was the school involved? It is also a matter of uh, a matric class that couldn't have their farewell, and our separate event was indeed uh, arranged for that particular group, the matric class. So already there is, in, in that respect, some kind of an association between the school, you know, and the event. But I, but I was asking, Andre, I, I, I was asking more specifically as to, you know, at what point uh, does it constitute racism to, to meet socially with people of the same racial group? And at what point, you know, that does that become racism? In, in other words, where does racism start and where does a social gathering end? Yes, I think the best way to, to explain it is, you know, one will have to refer to the context in which this uh, takes place. So, for example, if it's uh, within a, a school environment set up where certain people are invited yeah. only because of their race, others not, you know, then it uh, most definitely goes beyond the the private sphere. If you would happen to want to invite people for dinner, you know, uh, uh, in that particular sphere, one wouldn't be able to, 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 to say, but, you know, why, for example, did you not invite white or Indian people, whatever the case may be. So uh, there is that... Um, uh, clear difference between that kind of public sphere, for example, within your home, <clears throat> and then the, the, the sphere where there's clear differentiation that takes place on one of the prohibited grounds, and there is no justification for that particular differentiation. Yeah. Mount, I'd like, to, I'd like for you to, to come in here. Um, the, uh, you, you, you had Andre... Uh, in mentioning the 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 possible need or consideration of uh, diversity training, so some people say, you know what? How long are we going to be training people on diversity in this country? You know, after twenty five years, you know, uh, of freedom. You know, mm -hmm. what well, what's your view? I mean, do do you think that 
it's it's a, it's a it's it's an important thing to do or do you think that maybe we should be approaching the the, the problems of racism differently mm. well bramag first of all for for me really let, let me just take it back a bit on on the issue of social gatherings the question that you ask uh, why should people be forbidden in, in social gatherings well of course this is a bit different because it's a schooling situation which is a public institution so but as a general rule for me i'm not that much concerned about who people in issues of social gatherings where they are having fun they choose to 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 associate with for me that really doesn't bother me and and i wouldn't i would say perhaps calling such racism is is a bit uh, overreaching in my opinion that's just mm-hmm. my personal opinion because i i doubt it would have anything to do with disenfranchising someone by choosing to drink them just making an example if i choose to drink with so and so instead of so and so for me there are much bigger issues whereby we should focus this conversation about racism too but as i said this is a little bit of a different situation in that it's a public institution and we don't i believe have the full facts yet as to why it happened in that way where the uh, you know black uh, pupils apart from doing their own had had they wanted to do so was this a school event was it organized by the school or was it organized by a group of people mm-hmm. who thought it would be okay to socialize together so those are, are the issues for me so I, I i'm not really on on coming back to your question of, of diversity people shouldn't be taught about diversity i think we we live in a diverse country enough and people should learn to understand that we've got different cultures here but as i said i still feel people on socializing have got an option to socialize with with whoever they deem a fit for whatever uh, that social gathering is but diversity as a as a generic issue on serious issues like uh, in the workplace in the economy those are things that ought to be considered they, they are non-negotiable but on social mm-hmm. issues really for me it's neither here nor there if, if white people gather only white people gather together or black people gather together colored people gather together without the others mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's neither here nor there for mm-hmm. me really but but if i if i invite people in a in a common environment and i say i only want uh, black people and no, no white people must come to my party would that be acceptable in your view to me it is acceptable if mm. if it's a social event you yeah. are well within yeah. your rights especially yeah. as i say if it's not within a public institution if i do a party at my place mm-hmm. and i decide that i'm inviting white people only i believe that i, I mm-hmm. it's is a personal right that i yeah. have yeah. to who i mingle with who i drink with it's like you know that if you it's it's like any other issue for instance let's take out the race if i do a party at my place i'll surely only invite my friends and yeah. if you come in uninvited i will tell you to leave because you were not and invited you're not a friend. exactly yeah. <laughs> it's not now yeah. it's not even about race you yeah. look like yeah. me we are both black but yeah. because you are not invited but you still reserve the right yeah. to so, choose so because there's also the element of private functions yeah. if it's a private function it's an event that you do on your own and you decide who must come to it mm-hmm. and if you decided to invite certain people in a private event mm-hmm. private social event really it's okay. neither here nor there for people to say yeah but yeah. i'm being chased because i'm white i'm yeah. being chased yeah. because i'm black yeah. i i think when we start involving issues like that in social yeah. private yeah. gatherings yeah. i think we are a bit reaching in okay. in, in in classifying yeah. such events as racism yeah yeah uh, andrew gum before you leave us you know I, i wanted to ask you this you know do do you think that we've done enough as a country to deal with racism you know because it looks to me that from time to time it comes up and then there's there's a period of quiet and then it comes back again you know 
So do, do, do you think we've done enough to deal with it? I don't think so at all. And I think the education environment is a very important environment to deal with these matters. And therefore, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen a number of these incidents, some of which uh, did amount to unfair discrimination, some not. We had the uh, issues pertaining to a black principal being appointed in Eldorado Park and also feelings of marginalization and exclusion uh, related to that coming from the colored community. We've seen the hair issues at Korea Hills High, etc. And in terms of the complaints that the Human Rights Commission receive, uh, race-based complaints make up most of the equality complaints we actually receive. And we mostly receive equality-related uh, complaints. So no, much more uh, need to be done. I think we should also acknowledge what has been done. And there, there were uh, various initiatives, for example, in collaboration with the Department of Basic Education, the Commission worked to, um, uh, to develop new textbooks for the life orientation phase that will be, uh, that will be phased in shortly. Uh, all with a human rights perspective. So in terms of the curriculum, that's a pertinent intervention. We also run the school moot court competition and all grade 10s now uh, as a compulsory part of the English curriculum, they have to write an issue on the moot uh, court question, uh, which is uh, often equality related. Uh, but I think more needs to be done. And we are also considering for from our side, based on media reports, but also on complaints we uh, receive, and because of the importance that the culture of human rights is fostered in our schools, maybe you know to have a large, uh, to have a larger uh, inquiry into the uh, matter of uh, unfair discrimination in our schools. It's also a very oh, okay. interesting debate that you had pertaining to the issue of. It's basically, you know, in some instances the the Bill of Rights only have uh, so-called vertical, it works vertically between the state and its citizens, but in other um, instances, there is also the horizontal application. And yes, there is the, the private sphere, but sometimes, for example, we involved now in a case against Beloftebos, uh, a wedding venue that, that refused same-sex couples to get married there. That is a private institution, but uh, because of the, the uh, what we regard to be uh, unfair discrimination and the involvement then in, in in refusing access to people from the larger public, we are taking that venue to the equality court. So okay. yes, it's a, it's a very interesting debate. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Andrew Graham, we would like to thank you very much for joining us uh, on on Politics Weekly uh, to give us your very interesting uh, perspectives. Uh, we hope to talk to you again. Uh, soonish um, and uh, as you leave us uh, we will take a break and uh, return uh, to look at developments around the ANC Secretary General Ace Mahashule following his uh, corruption charges which were announced uh, during the course of the of the week. He is of course the most senior ANC leader facing uh, charges in court at the moment. Would I buy a hover? <laughs> but you see, like, you can't beat the diesel. Though. I'll take the petrol over the diesel any day. <laughs> Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. 
You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's cargumentative, only on Times Live Motoring. Welcome back to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. Uh, the preference of corruption charges against Ace Mahashule, the ANC Secretary General, is arguably the biggest political story of the week. Uh, and I'd like to start here with uh, um, uh, Mawande uh, Amashavalala. Uh, the, what, what does this story, this development, tell us? You know, uh, from where you're sitting, uh, Mawande. Mm. Well, for, for me, but Mike, I'll, I'll prefer to talk politics. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going mm-hmm. to talk legal issues. I'll yeah. talk politics. Mm. Uh, for me, in the politics within the NC, what this means, uh, it means from this point on, I know people see it the other way around, that the ACE will be much more uh, powerful than the ANC president, Cyril Ramaphosa. I actually beg to differ. For me, it means going forward, uh, especially to the 2022 uh, conference of the ANC, the, its current president, Cyril Ramaphosa, whom we know, uh, does not see eye to eye with uh, the Secretary General. In fact, they are on uh, polar opposite France. Uh, is b- going to have much more power within the ANC uh, going forward to that conference, which puts him at an advantage to emerge for a second term in 2022. We know that there's been a lot of pushback against his leadership within the ANC that is ran on a day-to-day basis by uh, Secretary General Ace Mahashwila, who will now have to invest more time focusing on his legal woes, and uh, that may defocus him in terms of organizing structures of the ANC towards whatever he wanted to achieve in 2022 elections. You'll remember his famous for his mm-hmm. only five years term. So he made it clear right from day one that he was not interested in supporting a second term of the ANC president, Cyril Ramaphosa. So for me, the, really the bigger battle is about that fight of who gets to move forward with the ANC between the two of them in particular. Of course, factions have got many other people, but the main players in these two factions are the two of them. Mm-hmm. And if ACE remained untainted throughout this time and remain in control of the structures of the ANC, definitely he would mount a formidable fight in 2022 against the sitting president and possibly unseat him and maybe install himself or a candidate preferred by him. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. as things stand, that plan might have been disorganized by him now having these legal rules and especially in line with the resolution of the NEC that said people who have been charged must step aside, which we don't know how it's going to be implicated. It's actually quite a, a, a headache as we have seen that up to this stage there's no indication as to whether he mm-hmm. will be forced to step aside, not resign, step aside mm-hmm. until he resolves his legal problems or the NEC is going to renege on its resolution that people mm-hmm. who are charged uh, must, must must step aside. So it's it's quite interesting to watch, but for me, really, it tells me something big is coming in, in, in the coming years. Okay. Uh, Umawande is talking about, about, uh, about, about a resolution about people stepping aside. And, and the more I try to understand this resolution, the muddier it becomes in my head. How clear is it as to what, you know, what, 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 what's supposed to happen when? Even people who sit in the NEC, um, uh, Bramaika is confused as you are. Um, it, it, it is clear as mud. 
how how this resolution is going to be implemented. And so there was a big fight in the NEC in the in the past uh, uh, several meetings that they had uh, around how do you implement this rule. Uh, because it was part of the resolutions taken at Nazarek. Um, and um, they've been fighting about it ever since. So what we know now is that the Lutuli House is, is now working on the, on, on the details of how it's going to be implemented. They have um, 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 got the services of, of, of attorneys who are assisting them in, in, in putting in the, the legalities of how you can implement such such a, um, a, a rule, and then that that whatever um, uh, recommendation coming from the the top leader of the ANC will have to go back to the NEC. And um, I tell you, Pramike, there will be another fight at the NEC um, around the recommendations of the of the top six. And I don't see them coming up with um, a clear clear um, a resolution of how it should be it should it should be implemented precisely because. They are implicated um, in wrongdoing. The, 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 the large number of people who are supposed to take a decision around this issue are implicated in one way or another in wrongdoing. So both factions will, will keep on fighting about how we how they implemented uh, this rule. And I don't see us. Uh, I don't see them uh, coming to a, a conclusion that will take us forward. Mm, mm. And this way, do, do you want to come in here? You know, I I I was uh, seriously underwhelmed by the statement that was issued uh, after the top six meeting in terms of uh, the Ace Mahashule issue. Uh, if you were a betting person, uh, which I presume you are not, but if you were a betting person, would you bet on Ace Mahashule stepping aside or stepping down or stepping out or staying put? What do you think he's going to do? Well, I would bet that ACE is very unlikely to step aside. Uh, as my colleagues have said, uh, the ANC has still not even defined what stepping aside means. So when it came out in August talking about a resolution for people who are charged to step aside, obviously there were people that were already charged. And we all thought they would be long gone by now, but they all... I think with the exception of one person, everybody else remains in their positions because the party has not even defined what it means to step aside. So I think it's very unlikely. Esma uh, Khashule is the man who is supposed to enforce that resolution. So if he couldn't do it with others, what are the chances that he would then apply it on himself? I don't see it happening, uh, Pramike. But also, if I may add another dimension to this conversation. You know, the ANC people were singing Zuzo Chikizinto uh, when we were, they were going to the 2017 conference. I think things are, are indeed changing. They are, in, they are indeed jiggering. They are indeed jiggering <laughs> because who, who would have thought that a secretary general of the ANC would be charged in 2020 for a contract from 2014? I don't think such would have happened before 2017. So as much as we would like to see lots of people in jail for a lot of things, and we've been complaining that the law enforcement agencies have been failing South Africans, but you know, they are triggering these things little by little. The fact that there is now a warrant and people will go to court and answer for the alleged crimes, 
you know, it's a step in the right direction. I just wanted to add that. Okay. And, and you know what? I'd like us to wrap up here, but I'm going to do a, a d- d- just a one round of, uh, of, of uh, you know, I'd like for you to, to look into the, the, your, your crystal balls. And, and tell me what you think is going to 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 happen. Um, the president, Cyril uh, Ramaphosa, um, should he continue on this path of say of 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 of, of accepting that uh, people can stay in place until they've been found guilty in a court of law, or should he be insisting on ethical behavior by ANC leaders, irrespective of the legalities of the thing. Which way should he be going? Uh, and so while, while you are on the, on, on the stage, may, maybe you should kick us off on that as, as a round off. Yeah, look, uh, I, I wish the president could do as little as possible uh, because remember with former President Zuma, a lot of the issues against him were, uh, there, there were a lot of issues around the then president Mbeki allegedly interfering uh, with uh, state agencies. And that's why today it's really difficult still to answer a lot of questions around the so-called spy tapes and so on. So I wish Ramaphosa could just continue with his job, do as legal as possible and just allow the law enforcement agencies to do their work uh, Mm -hmm. as far as these things are concerned. Maybe when he's wearing his other cap as the ANC president, they could as soon as possible, define what stepping aside means. But I'm really not concerned about uh, people stepping aside in their roles in the ANC, but I'm more concerned about what happens with people who are holding office in the state or in state entities. Okay. In, in less than 30 seconds, should the ANC be pursuing a legalistic or an ethical approach to leaders who do wrong or who are accused? Of doing wrong, they, they should be approaching a, a, an ethical approach because um, it, it, it's it's not about uh, uh, proving one's guilt. It, it's also about protecting the party's image. Um, so, if you have an, a secretary general who's accused of corruption, it is the same secretary general who's going to go and conduct door to door asking for people to vote for that party, and it doesn't work uh, well for the party's image. And uh, I just wanted to add to, to what Andisa was talking about is that we, you spoke about can Siramaphosa do more? Can 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 he in, can he insist that people step aside? Uh, I'm saying to you, he won't win that battle. Um, for an example, the VPS matter. There was an an ANC an NEC decision that people who were involved there step aside. The same NEC came back and changed that decision. Uh, he was sitting there in that meeting. He disagreed with that decision, but uh, the majority view um, uh, won the day. Who in that majority view voted or uh, sided with, with, with that view? It included his own supporters who said, no, there's nothing wrong with reinstating these people back to their position. So I'm saying, uh, given the fact that most of those leaders in the ADC have one scandal or another or one um, allegation against them or another, they will not allow a situation where they are all forced uh, to step aside. Okay. Uh- Mawanda, yes. uh, the, the last word goes to you <laughs> in less than 30 seconds. Okay, thanks, Brother Mike. No, you know, on the issue of ethical versus legal, I, I, I have a different view. Uh, you know, because there's a danger in, 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 in elevating ethic, the ethical approach. 
against a legal approach in that you run a risk of creating a sort of a kangaroo court type of a situation in your organization. For instance, Mr. Shoba is correct by saying most of them, I would argue say all of them in the ANC, NEC have got one allegation or that against each other. All of them in the future may stand accused in a court of law of one wrongdoing or the other. What then happens in, the, in a situation like that where sometimes th- these things may not really in a court of law, which may run over three or four years, it ends up with you being acquitted, whereas you were treated with an ethical card. And also the other thing in terms of a society at large, you promote a culture of saying by you are guilty by accusation, you are guilty by allegation, mm-hmm. whereas we also claim to be a country yeah. that reigns where the, the, the law reigns supreme. So, your, so your, your preference is what? Between, it's, it's between, a balance of e- two. between ethics and legality? It's the balance of the two, but the, the NC as is, it is broken beyond repair on the ethical uh, front from membership at branch level right up to the top, to the top six. It is rotten and you can never win with the ethical approach in an organization like that. The NC has got to rebuild itself, rebuild its credibility, rebuild its values from scratch and then you can be able then to elevate the ethical mm. card ahead of everything else. Mm. But in the case that it is, mm. it is likely to create more chaos if mm. the ANC chooses the route of mm. elevating ethical mm. against legal. I think mm. at the moment what they can do is to find the balance between mm. the two because yeah. the danger is that it may spill over to society where people yeah. may just be accused, I may be accused standing here and Sunday Times is told to suspend mm. me because someone, somewhere, mm-hmm who hates me for whatever reason, accuse mm. me of a certain thing. So I think those are the other issues that we ought to look at as we look broadly into these issues. Of course, not to say I promote wrongdoing in society. <laughs> People who do wrong yeah, must yeah, be pursued yeah, yeah. via the proper processes. In particular, as I say, the law remains supreme in the country generally, okay. but yeah. an organization has got to have its own yeah. control system. But as I say, the NC as is, for me, it will never be able to apply an ethical approach given yeah. the rot okay. that is within the party yeah. and its membership as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, folks, unfortunately, that's all we have time for on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly this week. And I'd like to thank my guests, uh, Andiswe Makinana, political correspondent in Cape Town, uh, political journalist, Mawande Amashabalala, Uusbongagonke, uh, Wawashoba, our politics editor, as well, of course, as uh, Andre Gam. Uh, from the Human Rights Commission. And by the way, catch our podcast on iono.fm, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Until next time, stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. I'm Mike Siluma, signing off. Mm-hmm.